Everyone, welcome back to Strange Cast, Play One vs. World's Life for Strange Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Adnan. My co-host Adam is here. Adam, you here? I'm here on a, I'm on a new computer and I look weird. You do. You do look a little bit different. Yeah. Different. It's always been like set up in a very certain way. And when you came on the call, I was like, oh, something off here. There's yeah, I like tried to do like test force. runs with like the lighting <laughs> and all that. And even this, I'm like, I'm a little too yellow, but I'm just dealing with it. So <laughs> <laughs> next time. Next time. No, but yes, we are back for another lovely Strange Cast episode. Um, but as always, before we start, if you are new here and you're on the YouTube channel, please do consider dropping a subscribe on the channel. Turn on notifications, like the video, and share with your friends. It helps support the channel, it helps keep up to date with the content of the channel. We're almost at 1,100 subscribers, so it would be great if you can subscribe. And also, Strange Cast is available on all your podcast services. So it's available on Spotify with the video version, it's available on Apple Podcasts on every service. So you can go and check it out there. And please do. Uh, give us a rating on Apple if you do listen there because we only have one rating and to everyone who's rated us on Spotify thank you because we have 14 ratings so if you can rate us on there and you haven't already that would be great mm. we just crossed 6,000 listens as well across all Spotify episodes which is quite cool um, so I think that's just across Spotify is it all of them I think that's all of them actually so it's over 6,000 across every episode okay. that we've had nice. um, on, on podcast services so thank you very much for that and if you are listening via podcast services, we are on YouTube, so you can check a video version out if you want to come over here. That's out of the way. Adam, you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, so it's basically, so I think I think the industry has died, pretty much. Like, well, There's not been not much news. I don't think... I can't even remember the last time we spoke about Deck 9 on here. It's been that long. Yeah. Um, and I check regularly for news for Deck 9, but nothing's happened. And there's been very little Don't Nod news at the minute. I know Banishers comes out this month. Um, but You're right, it does. Yeah, I need to buy that. I yeah, forgot but... it comes out. Okay, so as of recording this, it comes out in four days. Or no, it comes out. Holy crap! It comes out before this episode re- drops. Really? It oh, comes yeah, out on thirteenth. Damn. Wait. <laughs> ah, what's That's... happening? Where's this you... year going? Yeah, it's coming out this Tuesday. It's coming God out the damn. day before this podcast drops. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pass up on it this time. Final Fantasy's got my attention later this month, and honestly, yeah, like I drop. Yeah, I want to say I'm gonna get it. Uh, I'm probably gonna wait like a a week or two because, <laughs> like, there's yeah, there's there's um more important things. I'm not gonna get to it. So it's yeah, gonna be like a much. purchase. Yeah, it's gonna but, be a purchase for me. That's just like it's just gonna sit there. So I'll just wait a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna have to wait on this for the time being. So. Um, but yeah, not much news on Banishers front. It's just been kind of like little bits of marketing, you know, previews, etc. All this other stuff. So I didn't think we'd include it. But we only have one piece of news for this mm. uh, segment. But it's a big piece of news as well. So don't worry about that. Um, so we're going to go to Eurogamer first. And this is an interview um, Tom Phillips published on the 1st of February. As Life is Strange creators discuss leaving their narrative adventure series behind, building on it with lost records. Mm. So it's just a purely a lost record segment slash Life is Strange one here. So it's a long interview. We'll do what we're going to do is like we're going to break in certain segments and then just talk about them and continue on. So it's basically like a long run uh, new segment. So I'm going to go into here. I'm going to skip a couple of paragraphs because it's not much interesting here. Um, so Michelle Koch is one of the first people who's speaking here. Um, he put, uh, so in the context of the article, they put just over a year, um, a year later, Eurogamer reported that Deck Nine Games, developer of the excellent Life is Strange prequel Before Storm, was now the series' main uh, developer. And it was indeed that the studio, um, the studio, 
the studio that made 2021's Enjoyable Life is Strange True Colors. So Michelle said, and I quote here, uh, we really love what we, uh, we did on Life is Strange and Life is Strange 2, but as you know, the IP is owned by Square Enix, and at a point, we can only do what uh, what they want to do with the franchise. Uh, we worked with them as 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 the publisher, we sold them the franchise when we created it, and now they own it and decide how it evolves and where it goes, end quote. Um, so if they were, um, this is your game as part, if they were um, if there were bad feelings here, there's no sign of them now. The break came at a natural point, Don't Nod says, and had advantages for the company, which itself was getting into publishing games. <coughs> Suddenly, the need for a publisher like Square Enix no long, was no longer necessary. Koch now describes their life is strange, uh, their, sp- uh, their split life is strange as an quote-unquote opportunity, a way for us to start on something new that we could still own creatively that don't know could publish and where we as creators could really enjoy and have some kind of sandbox to work on something new that we could really foresee and decide how we could make it evolve end quote um so the timing the timing of the split has may not have been long planned but the move for Koch's team out of don't know's parisian mothership where other teams work on unrelated projects to a specific studio on the um of their own had previously been considered um, here's Luke Bagados here from Dota Montreal says, and I quote, the Montreal adventure is something that we've thought about for a while um, by the way Luke celebrated 15 years of Dota Nod, did you see that? just to put in, interject that conversation oh 15 God, years wow. Yeah, wow. unbelievable, congratulations Luke that is a long, long run for a studio, for a studio. Yes. Um, so, um, and, and I'll continue here, um, it's been around 10 years I remember discussing with Oscar Gilbert Dota Nod's overall CEO um, the right movement was after Life is Strange 2 when we wrapped up on that project. It was the right moment for Don't Nod. Oh my God, is that that advert? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, there we go. Uh, for, for the HQ and for us, end quote. Um, still, though, did the team ever remember, uh, did, the st- uh, did the team ever wonder about the other narrative path where they were working on Life is Strange still? Uh, Koch said, and I quote, I don't think there's much mixed feelings. Um, I mean, as a creator, you sometimes would love to do, uh, love to in another universe. I would have maybe loved to think of what could have been. God, I hate Eurogamer's website. Why does it keep popping these down by adverts? Um, could have been, that's not Michelle's quote, by the way. I'll continue anyway. Yeah. Um, all these other games in the Life is Strange universe, but it's also good to see what other creators have come up with for the characters in the comic book series or the new characters and stories developed in for Life is Strange. Cool true colors which i enjoyed playing end quote um before we continue mm. i don't know if there's much to talk about here adam because i feel like we've talked about this a lot um unless you want me to continue because it seems like we've kind of like crossed the paths of this conversation before in other episodes mm. where michelle's spoken about life is strange and it seems like you know they're basically like saying that their hands have been tied and it's like where the series goes it goes and you know best of luck yeah, and, and we touched on it last week where he's just like oh there's nothing really we can do about it so yeah um no it all makes a lot of sense where it's just kind of like you see your creation go in a direction and you're just like well uh let's go in another one yeah this is just, just what it is isn't it mm-hmm. um should we continue yeah okay so going to this is more like lost records now so we've got sets launched this year don't know montreal's new adventure game lost records bloom rage is sent around 14 age girls 
interesting. Don't remember the common curls, but anyway, in the 1990s, with a second timeline following their adult lives in the present day. Clearly, Lost Records shares plenty of last Life is Strange's DNA with a focus on young adult friendships and a similar dose of magical realism. There's also, this time around, a plan for the series and its characters to continue, something the original Life is Strange ending was not <coughs> written with in mind. Koch said, and I quote, It's an adventure game, so you have the staples of the genre we had before choices, dialogue options, environmental storytelling, and exploration. You will feel at home with that. Um, that said, Koch, oh, sorry, end quote. And that said, Koch acknowledged it's also been quote unquote several years, end quote, since their last game. And his mm. team is keen to have not let the grass grow under their feet. He said, mm. and I quote, how can we make the player have agency in different ways? How can we improve interactivity? How can we invest in new dialogue systems or ways for players to interact with the game, end quote? Uh, for now, the answers to those questions lie under wraps, though it's reassuring to hear those questions being considered. Koch and I quote, with this game, we're also setting up cornerstones of maybe something bigger where we can directly write those characters in a way um, where we know we can bring them back, uh, where we have other stories with those characters, with the world and the universe we're creating. We already know where we could go in the future to tell the stories within the game and setting and the same set of characters if things go well so again end quote we kind of know all the stuff that's being said here um i'll try to just go i, I love just how we included if things go well if things go yeah well it's, it's always it's always good to be a, a pessimist yeah. <laughs> you never guarantee success it's not guaranteed to be success is it and when people talk about lost records on a daily basis you're starting off yeah. fresh brand new with a franchise you might have life is strange's name with it but it doesn't mean <laughs> instantly success is going to be spawned from here because um, like we're like talking about it in a way where we're excited for it and i think everybody who's uh watching and listening to this hi how are you doing um <laughs> like we're all excited for it but i talk to my friends even in the other gaming communities such as uh channel three uh and i go into channel three and you know people are talking about other games they're not really talking about this like uh bloom and rage so i'm doing my best over there on channel three but yeah for for our community it's like yeah of course it's gonna sell well but in the whole gaming sphere you mm. know like it's what's gonna happen with it you know yeah absolutely no absolutely it's a it's a long run of marketing that's gonna need to be done by in this game so that is quite important um, just to continue on here, um, but balancing the ability for players to make seismic choices, like the ending of Life is Strange 1, with a split, uh, which split a game's narrative with a desire to continue on and pick up on diverging stories threads is not easy, Koch admits. Other games have struggled, but Don't Know Montreal are not put off. Uh, Michelle said, and I quote, we'll have really different endings in the game with a lot of player agency. I'm still, I'm still really proud of the Bay or Bay ending. Um, mm. and how you definitely created two paths that are very different um, with your decisions and we want to keep this kind of agency for players where they feel they have defined parts of the story and have a real voice with the characters and uh, and within the story of the game end quote maybe we'll see the future in aperture life is strange you never know <laughs> you never know uh, so just continuing here um, how will bloom and rage do this don't know montreal isn't quite ready to say this uh, but the hints I would uh, I got was um, I got sounded interest intriguing. Um, Koch said, and I quote: "We are working with some ways, some ways and elements in the storytelling that will allow us to still go back to those games, um, even if there are different branches. It's a balance to find because of 
course, we cannot make one game that has X number of endings. Then the game you continue, um, you have to continue with starts with X different starting points. Uh, we have to find ways to come back uh, to common links because we cannot make an infinite, infinity, infinity of branches. But we know we have ways with the storytelling to make that happen that we still feel very powerful for the players we should reveal some of that late at a later date end quote which makes sense because i think that they will take the oxen free approach and other games approach where it's just like a bit more definitive anything because mm. as, as i said about life is strange one they didn't really have any you know long-term plans with it and it was just a story option and i don't get when games have that kind of thing do you remember playing the last gears of war where it has like a a bit uh, like of a gears peculiar or yeah gears yes. five it has like a very weird choice in there. And it's it's so it's so I, alien to Gears of War. And it's like, why is I that there? I just beat it for the first time, oh, like in January, because I really? started it, and then I just like when it first came out, I started it, and then I dropped it. Uh, just this past month, I beat it. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And like the Mike base complaint for Gears Five was that it doesn't feel like a gears game it doesn't no it doesn't have that essence gears 4 did i think um <clears throat> gears 4 had like the 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 hint of a gears of war game but gears 5 just felt not there gears, gears 4 yeah oh no sorry no because okay, continue sorry then i think that's what he's talking about here it gives it more feeling of a mastermind storytelling like it wants it to be like uh like like um like a michelle koch project but this mm. did not feel like anything you know yeah. gears five yeah i like the, no, the I... michelle koch thing that you said that wait well, a second like... how how did you play gears five you don't have an xbox i owned an xbox wait I, when i owned an xbox one i played tell me why we, we talked about it in your podcast oh yeah duh. So, yeah oh by the I way no, I'll, I'll, I'll reveal this but one second uh, with that i feel like the michelle Koch thing you said was really interesting because that's like having gears of war about cliff lazinski it's like mm -hmm. a cliff lazinski project rod ferguson project like without their names on it it just makes it feel so weird like to play gears i know rod ferguson had involvement in gears afterwards but it still feels weird not having cliff lazinski's presence in there mm -hmm. um well, well even gears doesn't have rod anymore he, rod exactly. ferguson, yeah he's gone too so it's just yeah. like Where's it gonna go at this point? You know, like I think yeah. that I think the series should end because it doesn't even have those two. Like it's yeah. not like Rod was essential in it, but like even that guy is not even part of it. I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> well, apparently, from what I've heard, that they're doing Gear Six, and then they might even reboot the entire franchise. Oh, but like that new on. wave of Gears, that new wave of Gears games, like Gears Four Five, gives me big Star Wars vibes from like. Um, seven yeah. eight nine, which I don't like, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not interested. In it. Just for context as well, because most people don't know this, I am like a massive Gears of War fan. Like, I think yeah. most people don't know about this. Like, outside of Metal Gear and even also Life is Strange, I spent my life on an Xbox. I owned an Xbox 360 for many years. My mm -hmm. two games that I used to play religiously every day after school and stuff like that were Call of Duty, World at War, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two, or Gears of War. I, you do not know how many hours I played on Gears of War One, Two, and Three. I'm yeah. Gears of War is one of my greatest was one of the 10 greatest games I've ever played. I would mm -hmm. put that out there. Um so ju just the context as well. Yeah, I'm a massive Gears of War fan, but in terms of the conversation, yeah, I like the fact that you give the Koch project a name as well. I think it's quite nice to put on with this as well. It seems to give a bit more understanding with uh with this game as well. I will continue. 
Yes. There's some interesting bits that are coming up here. So um, Bloom and Rage features four main characters, but Koch told me that the game would again feature a single protagonist for players mm. to get to know and help shape. I did say there would be a single protagonist, just saying that, I called that. Um, <laughs> he said, and I quote, I feel like sometimes when you switch, um, point, um, switch point of view, you get disconnected. Um, it gives more of a, a feeling being a mastermind storyteller rather than caring about the one character. We really want you to focus on finding your place within this group of friends, end quote. This is important in, in Lost Records, Bloom Rage, as the story hinges on other characters' relationships, not just as teenagers, but in their adult lives as well. Something Koch is completely new for, uh, is notes completely new for this team. Mm. Um, just to put on this pro- uh, paragraph here, two paragraphs quickly. Um, uh, Michelle said, and I quote, you will get adults' points of views, um, whereas in our other previous games, it was always teenagers. We're getting older ourselves, um, and our audience is growing up and getting older. Damn, Michelle, that hurts so much. Yeah. <laughs> and we were thinking it was um, interesting to still talk about teenagers, but also showcase another point of view. Like, how do you reflect on who you were as a teenager growing up today? End quote. Doing so especially requires a strong knowledge of your characters and the ability to craft them authentically, especially in this case with a cast that's all female. Again, very interesting, Tom Phillips. I don't think he said anything about them all being female, but I'll allow you to say that. Um, Michelle said, and I quote, we started to work on the, um, on the big story and characters with uh, Jean-Luc Cano, writer of Life is Strange 1 and 2, but really early in the process, we also looked to who else we wanted to work with. We hired two American uh, um, writers, Desiree Sifre and Nina Freeman. Desiree's name is very interesting. I like that name. I've never um, seen that kind of last name before. American. I, I do wonder what the origins of Sifre are. Yeah. Um, who, uh, sorry, who are both working with very closely writing characters by finding their voices. Um, uh, who we, uh, we really relied a lot on them. Or, um, on their knowledge of American culture and, of course, on female characters. Now, do we yes. know if either of these two are from Philadelphia? Are we going I'll, to them I'll, for I'll American culture or are we going to them for Philly <laughs> culture? Let's See, go! Um, <sighs> just to end this quickly. So to really make sure that we, um, we create them in a respectful way and a meaningful way that feels natural for how women in 2022 would speak, and how teenage girls in 1995 would speak and interact together. We were really lucky to be working on this project. So just let me give you two points here quickly. Okay. This is Michelle's first reference of female and like women characters, etc. However, and I'll reiterate this again, he didn't say that all four are female. Just to point yes. that out there. I'm very keen on that. And he's also said that we basically play as one protagonist in the game, which does make She's sense. She's from New York, by the way. Ah, Desiree. Uh, Desiree is. I'm looking up Nina now. Ah. Um, so that makes sense. And also we're playing as one single character. And I think I still think it's the, the ginger-haired person that's in the trailer. Because again, this, the shots are very much on that. And then on top of that as well, he's looking up, he's looking up Nina Freeman. I am. Uh, like Nina Freeman. New York, New York yeah, is it's... close to Philly. So... Do you know what? <laughs> you never know. I said you never know. It might still happen. There might be them in the adult years. Billy, baby. Billy, baby. Yeah? Let's go. Let's yeah. go. New York is close enough. Let's go. They said, <laughs> oh, we're going to rely on, on American culture. <laughs> Michelle, you're watching this. 
You can't fool me. You can't fool me. This Philly baby, Philly baby, let's go. Go! Even though the Eagles aren't in the Super Bowl, we uh, we lost. No, they're not. In the but you know who is in the Super Bowl? My boy, Travis. Travis Kelsey. By the way, if anyone, I've been doing this to Adam for the entire like off podcast part where I'm like, my boy, Travis won't hurt you. Like, <laughs> um, no, so do you want do you want thing I get with this as well? Like, and I was thinking about it. He's he's not definitively giving you proof like all these characters are female and women. It's like the assumption of it. So like, do you imagine if we were like making Life is Strange too? And yes. I was talking to you. I was like, yeah, the Diazes are great, and you're like the Diaz brothers. I'm like, yeah, the Diazes tell a really great story. And you're like, mm. oh, the Diaz brothers, what's that? What's that brotherly dynamic like? And I'm like, oh, they're really good siblings. Do you see what I'm doing? With the association, I, I, it's too telling. He would just say that they're girls. I, anyone would just yes. say that they're girls. The, everything has been very carefully done with language. I could be completely wrong, but if you're not just going up there and saying it's four girls, mm. it, it's not four. I don't think it's four girls. And I think that he says it in there as well. When we talk about the reflection of jumping time, that's the one that really hits home because, like, we're we're part of his audience. We're the people that grew up with what he was growing up with, in terms of thing. And then you get older. And you look back on who you were as a kid and you're like, am I that person? Mm-hmm. It's like, am I really that person? And then obviously big time jumps as well. It, it could easily be for someone to transition. They might all start off as girls, but I still think one's going to change and potentially become someone who's non-binary or something. Diff- mm. I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think you're going to meet three girls, but I think from what I got from that, those two or three paragraphs were the most interesting because it seems like we kind of get the idea that it's going to be like almost... You know, you play as that one main character, and then you start seeing the dynamics work. So, do you remember the last episode when we talked about um, the the swing set? That'll be an interesting experience of like mm-hmm. seeing that in the actual game because it'll be like who's who are on the swings and how's that relationship going to play out. I mean, that'll be quite and interesting to see which characters go on there. You know what city in America has swing sets? Philadelphia. Philadelphia has swing sets. Yeah, it's going to be Philadelphia. I've swung swings on the, on swing sets. <laughs> In my hometown of Philly. Let's go, dude. So, yeah, <laughs> confirmed. Confirmed. You're happy with that, aren't you? Bro, I swear to God, if this game is set in New York, I'm going to scream. I'm no, gonna no scream. chance. It's going to no be in Philly. Yeah, but like, if you connect the dots, if we can start doing it, even, even um, Luke was in Philadelphia at one point, remember? That's what I mean. Luke was in Philly. You can't tell me he was on vacation. Yeah. He's not yeah, he's, a person who needs a vacation. No, he's there no for one. research and work. I think I think there's more to it, and I think I think probably your Philadelphia call and your Pennsylvania calls have like, been very much like spawned from the very beginning. It'll be, a, it'll be do you know what as well. That's probably the biggest shot of all of them. Like all the theories and stuff to actually call the location yeah. before the game's even made. That is wild if you're able to do that. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's and it's gonna be set in Castor Gardens, Philadelphia. Let's go, boy. That's mm. where I'm from. You know, That's why I named myself Castor Garden. As much as we love Philadelphia, do you know who's not in the Super Bowl? The Eagles. So anyway. They lost so we're... bad. Can I just, like, one side tangent. When the Eagles were in the playoffs <laughs> and people were telling me, like, you going to watch the playoff game? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, oh, why not? I'm like, because in the last six games before the playoffs, they only won one in those six games before the playoffs. They're going to lose against the Buccaneers, and guess what they did? They lost automatically. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and now Sixers are injured, so I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm done. Well, the Eagles are important anyway, and the publicity is being driven by the fact that 
Taylor Swift is going to be at the Super Bowl and also mm. Travis, my main man, he is the main attraction there. Um, before we move on to the next part, because it's the, the end of part of the interview, um, do you have anything to add on this kind of stuff that you said? Because I thought these were the most interesting paragraphs that you got out of all, out, out of all the interview. Uh, dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. I think that's a good way to continue. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I do wonder. I do wonder how the writing went for the other Life is Strange games as well. So you had like John Luke on this, and it's got Michelle, and it's got they got two uh, American writers, and it's got Desri and Nina. So I, I do find it quite interesting to see how the dialogue rolls out on this because yeah. they were very they were very much criticised for Life is Strange one's dialogue. And it's like, that's the we're, thing. We're like kind of, we're kind of treading in water again, aren't we? In that territory of female I, female. I've already discussed this before, and I'm just like I, I hate when people say like. And I'm not trying to say you specifically, Adnan. I'm saying, like, people in general. I hate when people, like, compare, like, their their previous works to what they can do now. And just, like, you learn from your mistakes. If you're any kind of a great artist, writer, director, musician, what, what have you, podcaster, you know, you can't look at your first works and be like, well, they were criticized for this. I'm like... Yeah, but they've gotten better. They're older. They're much more wiser. They've had experience. So they're just like, okay, we can, we can, we know what we're going for and we can do it better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always say that, like, I always see it as a brand new project. Like, if we're starting tie game, it's overtime now. Like, we're, we're, we're back on the same track now. So my expectations aren't on what happened before, but what they can do now, you know? Mm. I like that. I always do wonder what would happen if someone ever like stumbled across Strange Cast and then listens from the first episode up to now. I like, always the, like the think about this cast of Garden. It's just like, yeah. oh, you stumbled upon my first Christmas album. Like, oh no, don't listen to that. <laughs> yeah, sad. The the involvement and uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, quite enlightening. But mm. anyway, let's continue on because it's the end part of the interview. So, having a focus on creating authentic characters is something that Don't Know Montreal was uh, says was key to the founding of the studio. And the hiring of talent by its managing director, Frederica Fournier Jennings, a games industry veteran that served over a decade mm-hmm. at, at nearby Ubisoft Montreal. Uh, Frederica said, and I quote, when we met and started thinking of the culture we wanted to have at the studio, one of my goals was to bring some parity between men and women. I started in the industry in 1998. And at the time, we were 13% women at Ubisoft Montreal. And most of those women... Uh, were in the administration team mm. because I worked in production. I was um, often the only one, uh, the only woman on the team amongst a lot of men, and I've been very lucky. But I know, um, I know because I worked with a lot of women around my career, and not everyone has faced difficult situations the same way. So it was very important for me and Michelle to make sure we had an environment where women mm. could express themselves with the normal freedom everyone should have everywhere. We have everyone. Uh, we want everyone to have a voice at the table. At the minute, we're like forty percent women in the studio. On top of that, we are in Montreal, where where there's a lot of immigration, a lot of diversity of backgrounds, and a lot of different ways uh, ways to see life and live your teenage years. Uh, we have people from Brazil, Mexico, France, from the remote north of Quebec. I grew up in Africa, and although I'm of French descent, it was different. It was different teenage era even though I was not a teenager in the 1990s, but still I was a teenager, teenager at some point. It's important we bring, we're able to bring these voices and our, and that our studio culture is infused with all these backgrounds that go into the game naturally and organically, end quote. Um, she was at um, 
Ubisoft Montreal for a long time. I wonder if she met mm-hmm. Jade Raymond. That's quite interesting because like there's very few mm. women that she was working with anyway. But like Jade Raymond was like, uh, yeah. I mean, she she probably crossed paths, but Jade Raymond I don't think was in Montreal. I think she was in. Um, Did the... Jade not take control of like Montreal studio? Like, oh, she was. End. Yeah, she was in the Montreal office. Yeah, yeah. Was it throughout the entire part of her career? Do you know? Uh, I'm looking up her. Because I'm pretty sure when she left Ubisoft, she was working in Montreal. I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Calm your he's, pistons. He's doing the research here. <laughs> um, it doesn't. Huh? It doesn't oh say which one. Mm. Okay, 2010 moved to Ubisoft Toronto. Oh. Toronto. She's from Montreal. Like that's. Oh, whoa, 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 wait. Uh, in 2004, she started working in Ubisoft Montreal, where right. she was the creation of the first uh, Assassin's Creed game, and became the executive producer of Assassin's Creed Two. Uh, so 2004. So Frederica must have been there when she was there, because Frederica yeah, said she started, she started in 1998. Yeah, and was... the women at Ubisoft Montreal. Yeah, so she she probably worked very closely because they were in the same building. Um, for so she was in Montreal for six years, and then Jade Raymond moved to Ubisoft Toronto. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think she moved to Ubisoft Quebec after that, or is there a Quebec? No, because um, she went to Toronto, and then in 2014 she left Ubisoft, which good for her, because that's Ubisoft it. is uh, not very woman friendly. Um, but yeah, no, like it looks like she was. Uh, in the same building, she they were coworkers at least in uh, Ubisoft Montreal, which is very interesting. I'm I'm very excited to see Jade Raymond's new game. We haven't heard anything from it, mm. so like we haven't heard it's... a single thing. Um, and that was yeah, that was in 2021. Anyways, so uh, back to back to the quote on this uh, news story. I do appreciate that they said that they they are making an environment for women to like say their ideas for this game in a safe space that no man is going to step on and like, oh, I don't think that women say this. And it's like, well, how how would you know? Do you have a uterus? You don't. So sit down. Because um, there's a lot of times and there's been a lot of reports where women writers will try to write for women. And they get completely shut down by a man because they're like, well, you know, I don't think that's realistic. I'm like, but you don't know. You don't have fallopian tubes. I'm going to keep saying uh, female reproductive organs until I'm, I'm out of them. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just uh, it's wild to me. But yeah, that happens a lot, especially in Ubisoft, especially uh, with the whole case of uh, they didn't want to make a female protagonist in Assassin's Creed because they said, well, female protagonists don't sell. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, Laura Croft is, you know, laughing her way to the bank, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and ironically, course, uh, Horizon Zero Assassin- Dawn. And ironically, Assassin's Creed brought in female characters anyway, <laughs> later in the series. Yeah, exactly. Um, but no, they said, but they said that, like, a only female protagonist, you know, they had to have a male protagonist, too, because female protagonists don't sell. And it's like, okay. Mm. But it's good that she has this experience and she says that like hey we want to make it a safe space because she has the knowledge knowing that female writers aren't listened to in this industry so um 
Yeah, it's exciting. And it's exciting that uh, this is the uh, bridge to bring Jade Raymond in as a, <laughs> as a creative director. Uh, no, it's not. That won't happen. But, I am. Um, do you see how poorly Ubisoft's um, Prince of Persia sold? Uh, it sold poorly? Really? Yeah. I thought yeah, they... Yeah. I, I thought it... Well, I did see that Metacritic, it's a really good game. I thought it also had really good sales. I think it said it had like 300,000 sales or something so far. Really? I saw some tweet where it was like, it, it on like download front, it was like nowhere near anywhere high as, it, as you'd expect it to be. Wow. It's like people are like disputing the price that they put on it and like how expensive it is. It's like... What? Kind of a bit... Isn't I think they're charging it as a full price game. Are they? Do, yeah. Have a look at it online. I, I just briefly had a flick through on Twitter um, with that. Um, I should have sent it to you, actually. I don't know why I didn't send it to you. It was kind of like a bit of a surprise. Um... Oh, yeah. It's $50 on Switch. That is kind of wild. Which is um... quite, quite the bit of the increase in like price kind of thing. I'm like a little bit... Mm. Yeah. But it has... um. On on a user score, it's a nine and it has um a hundred on your gamer. It has great scores, but yeah, I think it's the price point that people are just like, hey, um, not right now, but definitely eventually. That's what I was seeing. I was seeing that like it's a great commercial success, but not a good sales success, like uh, in terms of ratings, I should say. Is it only um digital only? That's a good Come question. On. Yeah, it's only digital. <laughs> I just don't remember like many people talking about it as well. Like it came out and people are just like, uh, it's facing like, like if you're in the industry, you love it. But if you're like just a casual gamer, nobody's talking about it. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Mm. Uh, on, the, on the actual point of Frederica's thing, I think this is quite interesting because like, they, they gave her basically a lot of control over building the studio. You know, she's the managing director. She did a lot of the recruitment. And this is like, as much as you want to know about Lost Records, it's the foundation, the starting point of the studio, where they're very much the infancy birth of like something quite interesting with the studio. So it's like, from this, we get a foundation. Because like, I didn't really know about one, like basically Canada being like almost like a hotspot for different mm-hmm. people's like, you know, like immigration. Mm-hmm. Like it, it makes it like it makes a lot of sense on migration. Sorry. Where it's like, like Luke and Michelle moved over there. They're born mm-hmm. in, they're like, they basically live most of their life in France. And then you have like someone like Frederica, who's of African heritage, who has who's of Fran- French descent. And then you have people who work at the studio from like different and I've like nosied around and like looked at where people are from and they're from all different backgrounds. I never yeah. knew like Canada was like that, where it's like a bit of a hot spot where people have like emigrated towards. And you'd basically have all very a lot of diverse voices. Um so no, it's quite interesting that to hear her experiences. I always like try to incorporate them in the news pieces, especially in these media around interviews that they've done because it's always interesting to see her perspective as the managing director of the game and mm-hmm. as a person as well and what she's building and also again as well media around and not being on here hello yeah. just yeah. to say to the three of you you know there is a platform here um, <laughs> um no but like actually no it was quite interesting though and i think like it does make sense what she was trying to do and the, the structure she was giving and i think i was trying want to spotlight these in the actual show because it gives you a perspective of what we're going to see from the game I mean, mm-hmm. once you get the idea of what these studios, because like John Jean Luc is not a don't know Montreal employee. He seems to be a bit more of like a freelance contractor in the way that he yeah. does it. I don't think like Jean Luc's ever been. Has he? Because I, I never really, I never really heard anyone say like he's don't nod developer, don't nod writer kind of thing. Do you like when you say it with like Luke Michel? It's like he's don't nod studio mm-hmm. executive producer at Montreal, and it's like he's don't nod studio creative director. He's never had like an official title. He just seems to be 
the writer with the game or he's yeah. been like writing with them so he doesn't seem to be directly employed by don't nod from what i can just assume off my head um mm. but anyway that's how that's our entire new segment i think we'll wrap it up here unless you have anything else to add um don't buy from ubisoft you still on the boycott yes i am fair fair enough i can respect that i can respect that until um uh yves Gamal steps down i'm not doing yeah that. he's He's fortunate to have survived that hostile takeover. That was quite a bit of a dramatic moment in the, in the Ubisoft history. But yeah, it's um, yeah, Ubisoft, quite an interesting company. I do oh, own yeah. shares in Ubisoft, but that's just like a different story. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's just going to sour things with my relationship with Adam. But anyway, let's wrap up there and we'll move into our main topic. Adam, main topic? Main topic. So I thought, we, we don't talk about this. We, we've had weird main topics and stuff, but we haven't talked about Life is Strange 2 for a while. Yes. Which is obviously great game as well and you know episode two rules had its anniversary recently and adam loves episode two rules well i love also, it <laughs> i thought we'd go back and visit captain spirit so yes. in itself don't not tweeted on the 8th of february which is two days prior to us recording happy birthday chris erickson oh so it's actually chris's birthday now captain spirit was a very interesting project from the Donut team, and then also for Life is Strange in general. And I said to Adam, like, the kind of topic is just to talk about um, Captain Spirit. And I also held the belief that they should have, like, spawned off this into, like, different kind of games in, in the basic, in the barren wasteland of waiting for Life is Strange games like we're doing right now. It's like you could have had, like, this little spin-off and a precursor towards something. It would have been a nice, like, little bit of a experience to keep for your fan base going. But I want to talk about this because Adam loves Captain Spirit. He really loves Chris Erickson as well. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the parts that soured things for Adam in terms of his ex- expectations with Life is Strange 2 because he really wanted to play as Chris and they took that opportunity away from him. But Adam, I want to talk to you about Captain Spirit. Talk to me. Uh, talk to you about the game? Talk about whatever you want. You I, your think that... podcast. <laughs> I think that this game could have been... Here's the thing. I, I think this game could have been an interesting game. I'm glad that, uh, like, on on what we got with Life is Strange 2, with traveling the entire country trying to get to Mexico, I think that was a much more interesting story. But in terms of what we got with Chris, I wish we had more. I really do. I really wish we had more than just, like, um, a drunk dad and he has to be healed from from all of that, I, I feel like there was enough character development within that community of would you call it a trailer park? It's not really a trailer park. It's like a more mobile home kind of section. I don't know what to call it, but there, there's enough dynamic. Yeah, because there's fences, there's homes. Yeah, they're in, in a mobile. In, in, yeah, he lives. He lives. He lives in like a proper estate, doesn't he? Yeah, yes. he lo- he lives in a township. Yeah. Yeah. There's um there's enough dynamic within that town center to like actually get like a good life strange story. We have his father who is, you know, struggling with death and trauma from, you know, losing his wife. Uh, we have the young boy who is trying to, you know, print, like trying to do escapism with his own fantasies, but still trying to deal with the death of his mother. Um we have the grandparents like uh, who are living across the way that aren't his grandparents, but raise them like they are his his grandparents. <laughs> we have the whole township that is within, like the downtown area. I, I think we could have gotten a really good story from just Chris alone, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that we got the Life of Strange 2 that we 
did. I think it is a much more important story to tell in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, racism in America. Um, it is pretty bad. And what you see, if you're not from the States, um, that, that story rings very, very true of how it is over here. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I, I really do wish we got more from Chris's story. I really wish we got a little bit more dynamic, but instead we just got, uh, what we got and I, you know, I just wish we had more. And what he means by what we got, that means episode two rules, which is an excellent episode because that finishes up Chris's yeah. story. Um, yeah. <laughs> Captain Spirit is really interesting. Like it's it's such a weird it's it's and when I mean weird in the in the complimentary sense, it's such a weird and thing to have in a series of like what life is strange it is. And they never mm-hmm. really replicate anything since like, Square Enix. Like no. I thought it was quite interesting when they went and debuted at E3, dropped it, and then the expectation is that you finish it, you kind of get the reveal of like what life is strange too, because obviously you see the Diaz brothers at the end, and it's like a kind of a very much like a little nice enticing experience from what life is strange too and i just i thought it was such a nice little project to work on and it really built the hype for life is strange i think life is strange 2 benefited more from that as well so like yes even though that it's a very divisive entry and people don't really like maybe they like it maybe they love it and it's very divided mm. compared to the first life is strange i think it built the hype factor up even more for life is strange 2 coming up to release because they're like hang on a minute this is way this is quite quite like crazy like a setup for life is strange you have this kid who yeah. thinks he has powers but this person has powers instead it was like it was just kind of like a little like nice little setup for it so like you know, instead of like what they did with like true colors where they did um the free comic book day which is quite a nice incentive where you could basically have this mm-hmm. precursor story for alex and it's kind of be told and you can go and pick it up and she starts getting integrated i would love to have her basically like what wavelengths was eventually like as a dlc but you start at that point where it's like steph walks into the town and it's just mm-hmm. a little bit of an experience and that's basically your captain spirit equivalent so it's an experience where you're in the town with staff briefly you just kind of do it and then when it ends with her like picking up the records and she looks at alex there you go you see what i mean like it would be like a nice little spin-off like the the setup for life is strange true because you'd be like hey here's your little captain spirit-esque story but we're going to take you as staff there's a nice little twist saying that this is the character who you're actually going to play as and see experience um there's just lost potential yeah. with captain spirit i think like you could basically spawn it off in so many different ways and like as i said we're now what uh 2024 has been three years since the last life of strange game was released it's like you could have re- released something in between that in the same vein as like a captain spirit game mm-hmm. um i think it's, i know there's resources and like time management stuff that goes into games but i think like when you look at stuff like that new silent hills demo thing that they've done which i haven't played that little oh mini i thought you meant pt <laughs> like, no no pt is different yeah, you know, PT is something completely different. Like PT is like a different animal, and it was a great experience. But I mean, like during the the new one that they've recently done, the Silent Hill, yeah, like short or something where it's like this little experience, like, and then you have like other experiences where you have like a little segment you can play. I'm like, that's so cool to kind of like a, have a starting point for a game to kind of like build, um, build a bit of attraction behind it. But with Captain Spirit, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool to play as Chris and like see his story and like it was it was um quite quite rough as well to see as a story as well with chris's dad he was not a he was not a very uh you know yeah rational headed um, person at that point like i said i i related a lot to his story and i that's why i really wanted it because i was like oh my it's a life is strange game i can connect to and it's just like nah nah dude, <laughs> nah, nah, um, dude. <laughs> so what he said uh time and resources and i hope a certain game developer is listening to this uh i i wonder if 
if it's easier to put out a demo like this and what i mean by that what i mean by that when you when you make a demo for a game you have to you know have a a slice of the game that you're currently developing and mm. take it out while the cake is baking mm-hmm. and hopefully everything doesn't work and i wonder if it's easier to just like have a separate team develop like a demo that that shows off what the mechanics will be in the game that's completely separate from the game essentially right mm. so you're not taking a slice of the of the cake you're currently building but you're building a cupcake in, instead so mm-hmm. i wonder what's easier in terms of development and you know if a certain game developers are watching this maybe they can answer <laughs> the question in the comments um but like i wonder if it's easier because i'm not a game developer but like in my monkey brain um i think it's easier to make the cupcake rather than trying to take a slice of the cake that's currently baking in the oven to mm. try to make it a demo so i i would use my monkey brain as well and zero mm. expense zero experience i have in game development well considering like when you get to the second episode you basically see the house don't you like chris is living in and you can kind yeah, of like walk around and stuff. yeah you're right yeah so you can basically like, i feel like you can pluck out what they have there and then just construct the other stuff because like obviously you can explore the garden and stuff but it's very limited captain spirit as an experience mm. but it's like you can still interact with things and when you get to the main game you can still interact with chris's house you're there so i imagine that they're able to like just root it out and then kind of like fill in the gaps mm. with the assets that they need to do and like move things around because it's, it's that's that's the best part about the experience isn't it it's a concentrated experience that you don't basically think about pt I mentioned it before it's a whole yeah. it's a corridor it's just a yeah. corridor it's like a corridor it just keeps i'm going sorry on. what's a what's a corridor Corridor. You mean a hallway? Hallway. Uh, <laughs> a hallway. God bless America. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want, like the eagle noises and stuff and the effects of having it in the background. <laughs> Remember that TikTok I sent you with the yeah. hot dogs? <laughs> that dun 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 dun. It's like dun, 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 dun. get the hot dogs. Um, it's like seventy-two hot dogs for like a buck fifty. By the way, for the listeners as well. My relationship with people on TikTok is very peculiar because, like, people will send me like really interesting stuff. So, like, da- um, so like Adam yesterday sent me this like um, clip about a, a Dan Schneider documentary is coming out. Dan Schneider, who used to work at Nickelodeon, famous mm-hmm. for like loads of TV shows, a lot of allegations against him, etc. And then, like, mm-hmm. two minutes later, Adam gets a TikTok from me of like a Batman Arkham Asylum skit where it's like one of the grunts is like, he's like, Batman's God down. Yeah, it's like take his pants off. So it's like, <laughs> it's like and, and this is what I usually do. So someone will always send, and you expect me to be the kind of person that will send you something quite interesting because you're so British. Like, yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's like people will send you like a, a video of like this. Uh, someone sent me like ones about like space and astrology. And the next minute, yeah. I send like a video back of like a, a monkey in a go kart going down a course. See, everybody <laughs> like, has this idea that British people are posh and proper and it's just like no if you've been to england at all it's just like <laughs> maybe a small section but most part uh, what the hell they got they got monkeys and race cars and hot dogs and bald eagles i live for the simple things in life that's what i live for <laughs> um but captain spirit though i think it's like I think you can like almost like tree as a, a game entry in the series where you can like rank them. If you're going to rank them, you tr- I, I don't see people attaching it to Life is Strange too. I think mean, mm. like you can treat it as its own standalone experience. And that's like the best part about it. It's, it's so, it's so, it's such a unique, it's such a unique game. And it's quite, a, mm. I think depending on where you play it in your life as well, that, that hits home as well. Like for me, when you're yeah. playing it, and I was like, Ooh, when, when did it come out? 2027, 18, 2018, 2018, which was six years ago. Yes. 
Damn, yes. I feel old. Yeah, so I was like six years. I was in my twenties, but you can experience that. Like, you know what Chris is going through, like his childhood, the toys, like you know, no internet, no yep, social uh, media. June twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. By the way, twenty eighteen. So when you go to like Chris's experience, like there's no internet, there's no social media. He's a young kid. There's no iPads in the house. He's got a TV. Thank God. He's got his toys. Is yeah, what a time to be alive. Oh, I miss yeah. those days. But yeah, he, he lives a very simple life. And I think I think it depends on who you are. I think the experience was more profound on you because of the story that you've had. So it doesn't mm. really resonate the same way with me. I can't, I felt for Chris a lot and the kind of experiences he had. And like his, his dad basically almost breaks his neck by telling him that he's like worthless. And this kid runs mm-hmm. up, the, up to his treehouse and almost br- falls over, falls off it yeah. completely. Thank God for Daniel Diaz. Um yeah. But no, I, I found I found the entire overall experience quite interesting. I think that 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 was in itself like something that they could have easily have like spawned off into more games, like in, in DLC content, DLC form. You could have like a season pass, like Chris content that accompanied Life is Strange, two, but it didn't seem to be like that. Instead, we got to with the game, and it was like we'll just integrate it in the overall thing. But I, I like that thing though. I like things that mm. link things up because like I I wasn't gonna play the um. The Final Fantasy VII demo at the minute. I was going to wait for the main game release, but I've just um, mm. my friend sent me a message yesterday saying that it's like a, a screen at the beginning of it says that if you play it, you can basically skip the beginning part of um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and mm. then it'll load up all your save. So they did it with uh, Final Fantasy sixteen last year. You play the demo, play through all the early part of the content, and by the time you get to the main ge- game, you can be like, click here, you start from this point, you've already played everything else, mm. all your progress carries over. And I'm like. Mm. It's a shame not to see many developers take the same opportunities as as the Don't Know team did with Life is Strange 2 mm. and integrate that in. It was nice. It filled it in quite well. I really enjoyed when we got to Life is Strange 2 and then we got to episode 2 rules, the uh, best episode in the entire series. And you see that entire, like, uh, you can see it in the series? Yeah, it's the best. It's outstanding. It got, a, it got a rare five score from me out of five. Not many games get that out of it. They're always on, like, 4.5s and stuff rare yeah. five, coveted five out of five score for me i appreciate the art form of life is strange 2 rules i appreciate i appreciate luke and i appreciate michelle and i i appreciate that there are better writers than me that's all i appreciate them and appreciate episode two rules and appreciate jean-luc for a great story in episode two rules just because you're annoyed that you couldn't pick the controller up for seven. I hope they basically in Lost Records have a segment where you can't pick the controller up for seven minutes. Specifically just, uh, for my copy. You. They'll find, like, which one is yeah. Adam buying? Which one? Find him. Find his copy. Make him put down the controller for ten minutes. That specific yeah. one. I, <laughs> I hope they have that in there. It's just like ten minute segment just for you. It's like you don't pick the controller just to make you yeah. angry. Like that, Call that revolution. Be, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a strand game. You put down the oh, controller. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's such a cool experience overall. I think, like, I, I just wish developers I think it did is more too, stuff yeah. like that. And I wish, I wish mm. that Life is Strange did more of it as well. Like, I miss those, like, in that, that period of, like, when it came out, Life is Strange 2. And even if I didn't like it as much, like, Michonne is, like, the miniseries they have for the Telltale games. It's, like, mm. I, I liked when they, they accompanied content, even um, The Walking Dead 400 Days as well, like, all the extra contents you had slithers in between seasons. It kept support. Mm. And do you know what, as well? I hope they do something like this for Lost Records. I would love to see them spin off like a Captain Spirit style game with Lost Records and then use it to kind of infuse their entire universe, like sequels, other games. I think there's potential in it. I think it's just um, 
it's a shame it doesn't seem to be carried over but captain the spirit in itself is always a great experience I, I always think that people should play it before obviously life is strange too i think it's just a kind of like a um and, and i think i think for its time as well it was great marketing because it just came out of nowhere people were like oh this is the next life is strange they're calling it the captain's um the awesome adventures captain spirit go into it and it's like mm. actually no we're just feeding you what it's actually going to be and it's like oh this is quite interesting um mm. as an overall experience um but yeah it's it's quite i think it's quite the story and i think i think it would hurt i think it would i think it would affect you more depending on your circumstance as well i think that's the one that really hits it um and thankfully like you know like overall no oh, yeah really really quite experience i think i think there's a moment where chris has like a bruise on his hand arm i see that and i was like and i was a bit like i was a bit like i was quite off put by it i was like mm. Mm. But nah. i was like this is just a can't can't see that but generally speaking happy birthday to chris <laughs> man i saw his bruise on his arm but you know what happy birthday kiddo give him a little yeah a little sh- shuffle his well, that's what around. charles would have done anyway because it was a bit of you know, like he just like swamped himself in his like alcohol and just like took out his kid because he's a bit of a. Uh, yes. Well, I don't, I'm not being in a situation, but like, yeah, that's that's not a solution to deal with things. Um, yeah, it, would, Charles it would suck to be that kid with that kind of father. It would be awful. You yeah. might end up on a on a Life is Strange podcast with a guy in England with that yeah, kind that, of that. life. <laughs> that's when you set you on a trajectory of all kinds of things. That's when you start questioning things like everywhere. You might be a lion cock and end up on a podcast with a Brit. There so could be don't far more situations. Him. There could be far more. I could be on a podcast with Travis Kelsey. No, no, that's the win. That's my ultimate <laughs> objective one day. So when, when people load this podcast, and it's, you are gone. And it's me and Travis Kelsey hosting Life is Strange podcast. I'm just and you, gone. And, you and Taylor Swift are hosting lost records over that. <laughs> yeah, Travis Kelsey comes on. It's like I can't tell the difference. Just a white guy with a beard. Like, yeah, it's it's <laughs> the same person. I can't tell which one's which. If you're wondering as well, just for context, we've been talking about this a lot of podcast as well about yeah. Taylor Swift <laughs> and Travis Kelsey, and Adam is very much in the wrong about his position on Taylor Swift and Where Travis Kelsey. I... What? Well, because you support Tra- Taylor Swift, I'm all all about Travis Kelsey. And that I is like so, my main yeah. man. I, I'd never heard of him before Taylor Swift, but he is my main man now. Have you <laughs> actually, wait, like, legit, have you never heard of Travis Kelsey before this? No. no. That's interesting. It's just interesting yeah. to me because, like, because I'm into American sports, and it is, like, it's American football, so not on you to know everyone, but he's such a major star in, mm. in the NFL, so it's it's shocking to me when people when people found out about it, they're like, oh, yeah. I've never heard of him. I'm like, I don't know. I just found it very interesting. Like, huh? like okay. For me, the only like, if, if I like to kind of like rudimentary knowledge, it's like Tom Brady's like the one that everyone knew. Sure. Like, yeah. Mo- most people kind of like Lionel Messi over there. Like everybody knows. Yeah. Because like, even though even like even when I've been in the states, like I find it funny because I <laughs> say this as well. Me and uh, yeah. me and Kylie were once talking, and she was like talking to me about Lionel Messi. And it's like the most random thing you'd expect to have it because like, but she's played soccer when she's yes. at soccer. But she plays soccer, soccer. when she's in in, uh, in high school. She knows about football. So it's mm-hmm. like for her, she knows who Lionel Messi is. But then, if I ever met an American who's basically like, I don't know who Lionel Messi is, I'm like, Are you like, where have you been? Like prior yeah. to him coming to the MLS, but I'm like, he is known everywhere around the world. South America knows him, Spain knows him, yeah, the UK knows him, all of Europe knows him, the rest of the world knows him. It's like just out of you don't just out of sheer curiosity, can you name five NFL players? Just five, like any any five. No, I wouldn't Mr. be able to. 
that's interesting yeah. to me. Like, it's not it's not interesting in a way of like, wow, a person in England doesn't know somebody from the NFL. It's crazy. Man. It's like like Adam named five Premier League yeah. like players right now. Uh, and unfortunately, this year I have not been <laughs> watching Premier it's... League. Unfortunately, yeah. <sighs> It's such, a, it's such an American-focused sport. But, like, obviously, NFL comes to the UK sometimes. They have, like, you know, they have, like, yeah. moments here. They're going to Brazil this next yeah. season. The they Eagles like are going a, to Brazil. They have, like, an American football, and they have American football here and, like, have it in, in very, like, rare events and, like, hot pockets. But uh, off the top of my head at the minute, I wouldn't be able to name, even with basketball, I wouldn't be able to name you, like, five basketball players now. Like, I'd be like, is Alan Iverson playing? And I'm like, <laughs> like, like. I've not been playing for a long time. <laughs> I have three <laughs> NBA players just uh, as plushies on my desk right now. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, and Chet Holgram. Is Kevin Durant <laughs> still playing? Kevin Durant's still playing, dude. Yep. Jesus. Wow, that yeah. goes. He's uh, got a major but... ball spot right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he's playing for the Phoenix Suns. Oh. Yeah, yeah my, my, my knowledge is just, like, of the sport and then just certain people. So, obviously, like, the NBA be like... Um, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant, stuff like that. But I know have it the same detail. But yeah, I didn't realize Travis Kelsey was even that big in like NFL. Yeah, to, like, no, that that's just Taylor's even handle. in the states here. They're like, I've never heard of Travis Kelsey, and it's not, it's not more of like, how have you not? It's more like, oh, okay. But like that, I'm in the circle of the NFL, not like the inner circle, but like I I watch NFL, so like I know who these people are. But it's interesting to me that like people don't know Travis Kelsey like outside of it and i'm like oh mm, it's, it's, yeah it's interesting but yeah and you know who's a bigger name than travis kelsey and taylor swift chris erickson and i completely like we, we need to just end we wish to start we this really we wish need, i think strange has to just end at the end of this month and be like right let's just start the new podcast all i said this <laughs> to adam i was like if you basically and here i'll give you the pitch now if you want to become a millionaire just start up a podcast about travis kelsey and taylor swift one of you takes sides on the other person start a fight and you're basically set for success and I'm like, I've already pitched this to Adam, but he seemed to want us to carry on with Strange Cast. And I'm like, maybe we can I just mean, start the. I do own two Taylor Swift vinyls. How many Taylor Swift vinyls do you own? I don't own any, but I'm a Travis Kelsey stan, and I've told you this. So as you well. own five Travis Kelsey vinyls. <laughs> well, I'm 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 the co-founder of the new podcast, The Double T, which is what the it's going to be. T. The Double T. See, it just writes itself. <laughs> it writes itself. Like you could easily make a fortune from it. I don't know yeah. why I'm even hosting this podcast. Why would we even do this podcast? Let's just move on to that instead. I've had enough time talking about Chris Erickson and, and Captain Spirit and Lost Records. Maybe we should just yeah. move into a new podcast territory. I mean, usually I'm these are conversa- These are usually the conversations we have off podcast if you're wondering like this. Why yeah. It's just now bled onto the podcast. Double T. Um, but no, we'll have to talk about that another time. Um, Adam? Yes. Should Sorry. we wrap up here? Yes. Uh, you froze, and I was hoping you'd come back, and you came back. Ah, okay. Yeah, sorry, we, we're having technical issues on, on our server front. I don't, it's actually the recording platform, not us, surprisingly, this time. Um, so I think we could wrap up here. It's a small, small topic anyway, but let us know what you think about Captain Spirit, if you enjoyed it, if you still play it. Love to hear your thoughts. Um, but we'll move into our tail end of the show, which will be our comment of the podcast as well. So we're going to put this in for the, our last episode. So this is a comment from user Dido Dido in Arrow eight eight four six. So shout out to them. They put this was referenced to our last episode as well, and the conversation we had about Life is Strange Aperture. Apparently, the rumored game that was leaked. They put. I wouldn't be so sure about this 
uh, this sounds nothing like a Life is Strange game criticism. I don't know who said that. Sounds like something Adam would say. Uh, anyway, I think I said that that I, I like this sounds nothing like a Life is Strange game. Like I think I agreed with that last episode. I mean, that was me who was saying it there. Oh, <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was very real. Um, so they thought, for example, when Captain Spirit was released, some of the users. Um, some of the users that now closed Life is Strange leaks subreddit data mined an early base of the entire episode of Life is Strange 2, which wasn't far off from the base plot. A lot of comments were pretty much echoing more or less the same sentiments and how the story sounded nothing like a Life is Strange game. And in my opinion, I do still think 2 would have benefited from not being called Life is Strange 2. Interesting thought. Um, mm-hmm. Since the story and the game design has pretty much very close in little common with the first game. And if we look at the early plot point for True Colors, I wouldn't put it past Deck Nine to go really dark if they wanted. Uh, funnily enough, Adam is right. I don't know how many times that's going to be said, but funnily enough, um, yeah. See, look at him. He was he was chuffed when this comment came in here. Chuffed. Um, funnily enough, Adam is right. Games being leaked through surveys isn't um, a new thing. It happens more often than not. Armor Core Six was leaked through the same type mm-hmm. of co- consumer survey, full of plot points and screenshots that were confirmed once the game was officially released. If this happens with a high-caliber title from a, from software game, I can see this happening for a Life is Strange game, end quote. So thank you for the comment. We thought I'd read it out. My only thing yes. with this is, is that, yeah, it's interesting where where, he, where where they made the comparison about like Captain Spirit, Life is Strange 2, but then also it makes sense with what Michelle said recently during all the interviews we spoke about, where it said there was no definitive proof of what we were expecting to go with Life is Strange, that like, there's no continuation of Close Story, so we took it in a completely mm. different direction. And that made sense to me, where it's like, actually, it could sound as wild as Captain Spirit did, because Captain Spirit was very different when we, we've just been talking about it as a mm. topic. It was very different from Life is Strange 1, very different from the overall concept of it. My only thing here is that this just, just still doesn't sound like it, because it's like, why would you revisit Max now, give it yeah. to Deck Knight, and then go down the tonal shift of the story you're doing? It, that's what is peculiar for me, because if it was like... Yeah, but if it was also think about it this way before you go any further is don't not handle in this game or is square no. handle? square yeah that's what i mean like and where is gears of war being held is it with epic or is it with the coalition the coalition um you know it's just like we can say that all we want but like what, where did the coalition go like it went with marcus coming back as like this like grand master of things. yeah uh you know what i mean so uh, by the way, the, the choice that I made, uh, I regret the choice that I made because of how Marcus reacted. So I'll put it that way. Mm, okay, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit off podcast. We never yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll but that's what that I mean, though. Just like um, we, we did the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, like because the coalition is handling it, that's why mm. it doesn't like why are we making these choices? But that's because Square is going to be handling this game. And Square is in for the business side. And yeah. where does the business go? Where the audience wants it to go, you know? Mm. I just I just still find that even like for Square's rationale, I find it very strange to go back to Max after this this many years mm. and then to kind of like go down the tunnel. Like if the game if you told me that idea of like what it was and they said the character was Vanessa, I'd be like, okay. Okay. Sure. Whereas when they put Max's name in that, I'm like, it just feels so like Jari is like yeah. kind of a story and concept because like even whatever you think about it i think personally the vicelli story was quite interesting in the actual comic series i think that was kind of an interesting 
way of going on it even tonal shift and the story it still felt like it could be a life is strange story told with max in it even though that necessarily wasn't emma's original idea she had different ideas she wanted to go with the comic series mm. but yeah i can't rule out what you said because like they tried to do that with gears 4 gears 4 is like almost like jj abrams star wars reboot-esque style and it's like you can see the tonal yeah, changes shift. it's like last jedi <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the last <laughs> Yeah. Oh god, like we don't have enough time to talk about like that's what we would talk about on the double T podcast. We talk about Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and we're talking about Gears 5 because I have a lot of thoughts on Gears. Like, as I said, you don't understand how big of a Gears of War fan I am. Like it's mm-hmm. like I mean, Gears of War. Gears yeah, of War right has been yeah. there. It's been there since the very like from the very early episodes. Huge Gears of War fan. Um but no, yeah, I I found the I found the points interesting and again it makes it's quite interesting to draw the comparison of Captain Spirit with Life is Strange 2 and then point that out. I just think, um, and obviously as well, as well, True Colors, the True Colors leaks proved to be real and that's a fair point as well. But it's yes. just that it says, I wouldn't put it past Dark Nine to go really dark with a plot. I don't know. Because I think one of the things that you said as well about Deck Nine has always hit me where it's like, like Deck Nine tells stories this way and I don't know yes. stories like this way, but I've never seen your Deck Nine story go this that way. That direction, I've, yeah. It's not their I've style. No, it's not. It's nothing like their style. Like any of the games, like True Colors might have tonal shift darknesses, but even we've questioned that because we've been like, it's too much like Life is Strange 1. It feels like imitations of Sincere is from Flattery, but it's not actually Flattery. It just feels like it's a little bit of a rehash. And mm-hmm. I'm still kind of like, I've, had, I've, I've heard things as well just from inside people and stuff like that, but the way that they felt about True Colors and the way it came out and stuff, I, I just, mm, you know, yeah, it is what it is. But no, thank you for the comment though. And thank you for sharing that. As we've always also, said as well. want to oh, point oh. out, like, uh, yes, Armor Core 6, uh, right about that. And I'm also pretty sure the Hogwarts game was leaked in the survey. Uh. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that he, like, he, they commented that, like, uh, it, it was Armor Core 6. I remember there was. But at the time Ooh. of recording, I was like, I can't remember specific games. But when it said Armor Core 6, I'm like, yes, that, that's one. And I'm pretty sure. 80% sure I think Hogwarts Legacy was leaked via survey. It is interesting. I just I just don't really I really remember many leaks happening for the industry just off the top of my head. But that's mm. maybe maybe I'm just kind of being out of touch with it, but I do still find it quite interesting. And there's still leaks there's, are the fact different still nowadays. Like leaks used to be like this, where it's just like the survey thing, but now leaks are like due to like malicious hacking now. Yeah. It's just like it's 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 much more dark now when, yeah. when a leak comes out. But like it used to be like leaks of like, oh, I found a, a game manual in a cereal box this morning. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. It's just like it used to be a lot more fun, <laughs> but now it's just like malicious. Do you know one of the weirdest ones I remember as well, actually, is um the Shadow of the Tomb Raider one. Do you remember how they found that out? Remind me, it, yeah. It was someone who was on the subway and they took a photo of a developer who had their yes. laptop open and yes. had the Shadow of the Tomb. And I was like, what? I'm like, what? Was wild, oh my dude. god, you must you must be like kicking yourself if you were like out all the things that could have happened and that's been seen oh yeah that's yeah, the one dude. that springs off the top of my head i just don't really remember much from focus because i i always wonder as well like some of the comments were interesting we had the video some were like you, you'd expect them to kind of like gauge you'd be like do you like max do you like chloe mm-hmm. do you like this i just don't think they'll show you as much and especially with like because like here's the other thing as well and and to kind of go back on our other episode we did the actors who get told these games are working under heavily codenamed NDA games. Why would you tell fans of the series what this is? Like, do you like full up like yeah, show them loads of assets and stuff? 
It's a I bit think like, at this point, it's like a 50-50 shot. Like, it's 50-50 yeah. of, like, it's no way, or 50-50, like, maybe. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think it's, like, a definite. I think it's, on the other 50 side, it's like, a, yeah, it could be, because yeah. where the industry's going and how Square Enix is handling their their uh, IPs, it's kind of like, mm, you know, 50-50 yeah. on that. Yeah. My, my only other thought is that potentially it could be a project that was started and then scrapped and then happened with the Debt 9 layoffs last year. Yeah, yeah, true. true. They were working on the expanse. We knew they were working on the expanse before the recruitment drive that they had and stuff, and maybe they canned the project after a little bit. It would have maybe this is going to... Square Enix was like, nah. This is going to turn into Metroid Prime 4. Maybe, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, Adam, let's wrap up the show. Spread the yes. arts. Would you like me to go first, or would you like to go first? I would like you to go first. You would like me to go first. Okay, so actually, I'm going to surprise you here. I'm going to report back because I watched Dumb Money. Hey, what do you think? Of your recommendation. Oh, it's a uh, yeah. It's quite the experience watching shows like that. It's quite interesting to see the human psyche as well, isn't it? When things go up, should I sell? Yeah, things go up, sell? and they're like the the whole like nervous, like should I keep going? Uh, yeah, oh, no, yeah. It, and it didn't overstay its welcome, which is what I liked. It was yeah the right amount of length of time for that movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's a quite a it's quite um I, I agree with what you said where it's like it's not intricately top heavy topic deep kind of like explanation of of what that is. And obviously, if you want to look up at it more, like dumb money has like a, a term in in the actual stock market, the way that mm. they do things. But like the actual concept of what they're telling you, the way that he, the way that the stock goes up, and the way it keeps going up and up and up and up, and what happens there, the effects of like when you're shorting money, like the guy is doing with the hedge fund manager, you're just losing money. It's happened if you want if for context as well. In the last two years, Nvidia has gone through like a skyrocket of a trend mm. in money, and people have tried to short that. And when you start shorting it, you can lose so much money. And it's like, but here's, here's the scary part of it as well. Like, I think what I want to kind of highlight with people, there are young kids, for example, in there who basically put their money into GameStop because this other guy is saying that you should buy GameSpot. They don't have any money as it is. And that's the scary part for me because it's that rationale. Yes. It's like, you're putting your money in something you don't know. Ultimately, and and, some, and this is from my own experience while well, investing and stuff, you basically need to know what you're. When you buy something of a stock, you own a part of the company. Mm-hmm. You are you own a part of that company, and your money is protected. And the best advice I ever heard was someone said that if your money's going down, that's fine. He's like, it, the stock market will never go to zero. If it goes to zero, you've got bigger things to worry about, which will probably be like yes. the escalation of a war or something else like that. If it goes to zero, then you've got bigger things to worry. But it's like seeing those young kids, for example, with Robin Hood, which just basically opened up the idea of like, hey, anyone can buy assets. Anyone can buy it. But it's like people are putting their money into like GameSpot. No actual understanding of what the company's like. It's terrible management. It's hard. All this other stuff. And then you start seeing the psychological effects where it's like, should I sell? Should I sell? It's yeah. going up by $20. It's going up by $30. And I have it as well from personal experience. I, have, I own, just to give you context as well, I own video at the minute. So I bought hmm. an average of, I, mean, I have one share in NVIDIA, which I bought about $440 or something, $480, which is like way overpriced anyway, but I wanted to run it. And it's currently trading at $720. So it's like, Damn. now I'm like, do I sell or do I hold? Yeah. Do I sell or do I hold? And it's like, you play psychological games with you because it's like, that could go to $1,100 and maybe it'll split hmm. and maybe I'll own more. So that's where the psyche comes in. And I think like when you get into that, you have to do it. But in, in the actual film, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. Um, and I, and yeah. I like Seth Rogen in it as well. It's less of his like goofy, 
ha ha character yeah. kind of like thing. It's actually it was an interesting character I, for Seth. Do you know what as well? He he reminds me much very much of um him and James Franco. When they play serious roles, I really like them. More <laughs> so out of like Jim the the laughing ha 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 kind of characters and stuff like that. Yeah, when they play serious wrong. roles, they are really good. Yeah. Like the only film where I actually really like them together, obviously, is is the interview. Love that film. Love that film. Yes. But like oh, yeah. in Dumb Money, Seth Rogen is 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 I, I did like him in that. He did do very well. But yeah, very interesting film. And it shows you that the kind of I love the fact when it's like all the <laughs> like the, the Senate hearings start and like Congress gets yeah. involved and like the FBI says it's like yeah. that's why you should not manipulate stocks. It's like that's yeah. why you have to be very careful about it. And and it, for context, it's like for example, if anyone's <laughs> listening, it's like um Mark Zuckerberg coming out onto social media if he did and said, I'm gonna, you know, build this AI supercomputer and it's gonna be part of matter. And that would basically be like a complete breach of what he's doing because he's manipulating his stock. Because it'd be like the stock value would go up here because people think, oh my God, it's the next future. You could be just lying. So it's like, yeah. that's what they think this yeah. guy is doing when he's buying GameStop shares. The GameStop shares, they think like he's basically manipulating the stock. But his, his actual his actual thought is like, I think it's a really valuable, I think it's a good valued company. <laughs> um, no, interesting recommendation though. For, thank you for recommending that because I enjoy watching it. Nice. Um, I think my my actual one that I did and was going to recommend here is um, the TED TV show. So I actually okay. watched um, watched the first two episodes. I'm currently going through it. It's, nah. um, very enjoyable. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is, is is funny as TED, and and this is why I actually enjoy watching. Yeah. So I have a very marmite relationship with Seth MacFarlane, where I think the first couple of seasons of Family Guy are excellent, like really mm-hmm. excellent. But even in itself, I don't like the way that Family Guy handles skits. I think it's just a bit poor. Where it's like, oh, 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 hey, Lois, um, you know, this has happened yeah. to Jesus Christ. And then it's like, Jesus Christ is boxing Muhammad Ali. And it's like, what? But anyway, yeah. um, and, and I've had a very mixed relationship with him. And obviously, I think American Dad is peak for him, which I think like the first couple of seasons, outstanding. But mm-hmm. Ted, and even the, the film Ted, I enjoy. But this is also a nice continuation of it as well. Very funny, very humored. Um, yeah, some wild, wild stuff that happens <laughs> in it. Um, but it's, it, he, he's good though. We need people like Seth MacFarlane in the world. I think that's, that's the thing. I think it keeps reality grounded in a bit of humor. But I would recommend if you get the chance to watch it. I'm only two episodes in, but it's like got my endorsement at the minute. Okay, very funny. Um, I can't remember who the girl is that's in it. She's she's quite funny as well. Um, I'm gonna recommend also you listen to the very first episode of Logic's podcast, Logically Speaking. And his first guest is Ooh. Seth MacFarlane. So, oh, he, really? he go- yeah, he goes into about like the history of why he left Family Guy, what he's currently doing, why American Dad came to be. Uh, it's a really good episode. I recommend, logically speaking, his first episode with Seth MacFarlane. I'm off to check that out. Um, yeah. So the girl that's in this show, she replaced, because Mila Kunis is in, in, in the actual Ted yes. um, film, but they, they've gone quite <laughs> younger, so it's a younger cast. There's no... Um, uh, they've changed it around for the actual TED TV show. The girl that's in it, it's called uh, she's called Georgia uh, Wingham, and she's been in like Thirty oh. Reasons Why. She's been in Scream TV show. She's very mm-hmm. funny. She's very entertaining in that show. She's like she plays the. It's like it's almost it's got the um, it's got the American Dad dynamic because she's like she's she's the niece to these two people, and she lives with um, Ted and 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 the other guy, and it's like you have that vibe where it's like she's almost like Haley to stan hmm. smith with the relationship she has with, with, her, with her, yeah. her relative but like yeah i, I would i would 100 recommend if you get the chance to watch it uh, ted tv show with my recommendation nice i'm about to Here we blow go. your lid off 
Oh, okay. yeah, I got Plus, he don't. I watched the entirety of Bluey. I watched all of Bluey. I did it. I watched it. I watched all three seasons because everybody kept saying, Bluey is so good. Why don't you watch Bluey? And here's the thing. Okay. There we go. Watch Bluey. And you try to tell somebody to watch the show. It's just a good show is not a good argument. And I'm going to tell you actually why people need to watch Bluey. Bluey. Yes, that Bluey. What other Bluey would I say? I've never heard of this. You never heard of that? No. Okay, it's on Disney Plus, and everybody keeps saying, like, you need to watch it. It's so good. It's a good show. Saying it's a good show isn't a good argument. This one, this Bluey. Yes. Dude. But it's an animated preschool. It's an Australian animated preschool television series. I'm going to tell you something, because people keep saying, like, it's so good. And I'm like, Arthur was good. and all. I'm going to tell you something, dude. This show gets real. Like, it gets, like, insanely real. Like, there's an episode where they talk about death, right? They, they talk about death, and there's a bird that, like, the father and Bluey, right? Find, they find a bird, they take it to a vet to go get it healed, and the vet comes out and says, I'm sorry, the bird died. Not like, oh, the bird didn't make it, like, didn't try to sugarcoat it died there was an episode about infertility there was an episode yes as somebody in the infertile community like i appreciated that like they touched on infertility there's an episode dude where the mom feels like an inadequate mother and the there's a uh there's a moment where uh she's like i don't know what i'm doing wrong i'm i don't know if i'm being good mother or not and the character turns right and in, directly into the camera and says right there and says, you're doing a great job, like directly talking to the mother. There are episodes in this show where I'm just like, holy crap, dude, like this, this show got real, like real quick. So when I say that, like it, an argument for people to say that, like, oh, you need to watch Blue because it's a good show. Yes, that might be true, but that's not a good argument. When I say that you should watch Bluey because it's more than just a show for kids, it is a show for adults. It is an emotionally impactful show. It is it's emotionally educational show. It shows you how to be patient with kids. It shows you how to be patient with other people. There's a there's an episode where the dad bandit is trying to make a friend as a dad like how do you make friends as a dad and even he's like oh i don't know if we're friends or not yet and it's like a moment of like allowing yourself to open up and make a friend as a father you know it's like well all my all my attention on my kids no you need to be a, an adult and just open up and allow yourself to have friends so it's an emotionally educating um show not just for kids but also for adults I think it's educational for adults as well. So I watched it and there's uh, 52 episodes per season, but each episode's only seven minutes mm. and it's really impactful, dude. Like it actually does go pretty deep really quick. In fact, one of the episodes is on IMDb. It's in the top 10 rated episodes of all time. And it's called it's sleepy nice. time. It's number eight on top ranked episodes of 
all time. Like this show is is crazy, and it it's a brace to go through. I'm gonna say it. I gave in. I was like, fine, I'll watch the show. <laughs> I don't regret it. I want to rewatch it, dude. It is. Really? It's, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. It's wholesome and educational all in the same moments. So did you come across this because people were talking about it? Because I've never yes. heard about this. And apparently it's been around since 2018. Yeah, people in the States, dude, they're like, go oh, watch Bluey. You gotta watch Bluey. Like it had a Thanksgiving Day balloon. And it was like, oh, the, the, the Bluey. I'm like, <laughs> okay, when you're telling people to watch Bluey, don't just say Bluey, Bluey, Bluey. Like you have to say like why I need to why? watch it. Yeah. Um, no, it gets deep, dude. It gets really stupid really? deep. Yeah, it talks about depression. It talks about like being inadequate as a father. Like it's it's so crazy, dude. And there's just some episodes where it's just funny. Like there's an episode where he's trying to pick up the dad is picking up um uh Chinese takeout, right? Just the episode <laughs> right. of just trying to pick out Chinese takeout with two toddlers. Like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Where's my steak? Can I just uh, turn on the closet? No, you can't. And he's like, it's just one man trying to gather together two toddlers while trying to pick up Chinese takeout. That's taking longer than it's just the, the chaos ensues. So that one's funny, but no, it's good. I like it. That is quite interesting. Um, there yeah. you go. Two recommendations on two different opposite sides of the spectrums. Ted TV <laughs> show and Bluey. As I said to you before, it kind of tells you what we do on our TikToks and what we send each other. But no, thank you for the recommendation. And we'll wrap it yes. up here. And obviously, best of luck to my boy, Travis Kelsey, because this will be out after Tomorrow. he's uh, performed. So hopefully he's uh, done the bits. Um, but anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, please do subscribe to the channel. Leave um you know, subscribe to the channel, like the video, share with your friends. Help support the channel, helps keep up to date with the content we produce here. Strangecast is always available on all podcast services as well. So we're available on Spotify with the video version, Apple Podcasts, every, spot, um, every podcast option. And please do rate us on them as well and subscribe and download as well. It helps you support this podcast. Um, do leave your comments on the YouTube video as well. You can get featured. We've had it going for three episodes, I think it is. Three episodes we've mm. been having it going. So do leave your thoughts in the comments. Let us know about Captain Spirit. Let us know if you want us to start the double T podcast up. Either way, we'll just yeah. uh, we'll read out the best comment <laughs> on the next episode of the podcast. But until next time, we will see you later this month for another episode. Take care, guys. See you later. Bye. Peace. Ready for the mosh pit, Shaka Bravo.